BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB. MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire 7 days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Hi, this is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming back to you for episode 206. I almost said episode 2006. Well, that would be like just commencing. Yeah, it would be. 2006, yeah, was, 2006. A, was a not a great year for me. <laughs> that was a year before I came down here. Oh, my life was fucking falling apart. It was. It was I was in great shape. Well, thank goodness it's actually a 2000. Or, or sorry. <laughs> I got you. I got you. 206. Boned again. Well, we're going to talk about, you know, you want to get boned up the ass. Boned, <laughs> that, up the boned up the ass. That'll be the episode. A boned up the ass. Okay, so I. Oh, we're talking about timeshares. Weird real estate stuff. Okay, weird. and one thing, weird. and I usually mentioned that yeah. during the break, and I said, and wow, then, I just remember, I was, um, for years, I always try to figure out what is the attraction of timeshares. And whenever anybody told me that, I go, so you're locked into some place to go on a vacation. Not enough so you'd want to buy a home there. So you get a share of a time you have to go each year. No matter what. But people say, oh, it's really great. You could trade. You could trade with other people with timeshares. They got timeshare associations where you can go, you can go to Milan, Italy. You can go to Marseille, France. And oh, Oh, so your fucking place in Gulfport, Louisiana, right? Your timeshare in in Gulfport, Louisiana, you're going to get a timeshare in Dubrovnik. You're going to trade with someone in Dubrovnik? I don't think so. And on the Adriatic Coast, I don't think you're going to fucking get it. They're not going to want to go. And they did it for years. They did it from, I guess, from the 70s until the financial... Uh, the the last timeshare reached its height in 2008. The one of the places that were Gilbert's Resort, they were building uh, a timeshare a timeshare resort. And I thought, now this is where I got. I was underestimating how they tried to sell the properties. I always said they tried to sell them at like, I'm um, being conservative, 250 percent. Of, oh. So let's say the property is worth that if you sold it, you made a profit, it was 100000 right? Right. They would sell it at two hundred fifty, get 250000 for the $100,000 property and get them to pay all the maintenance and stuff like that right. for it. It'd be like a condo. It's like a condo Within a two, times two and a half. Yeah. Well, it was actually condo times five. Yeah. It was a condo times five. Crazy. It was total... And you know how they would sell it to you? Butt fuckery. It's cheaper. Secret butt fuckery. It was cheaper every month to pay your timeshare bill than it was for you to spend a hotel 
and you know that same area or you know, yeah yeah if you want to go to the same fucking place every year right but who wants to go to the same place every year? Yeah. I mean, like, if, if you're you to do that, okay, great. Then you have a house. I mean, if people use that, people just get them. People get their houses and then they, they rent them out. They got an Airbnb and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So they they were doing it, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I hear these crazy things. That, so one of my uh, customers come in, and she, uh, she tells me how what like people pay like fifty, sixty thousand for these things. Yeah. And they go like this. Oh my God. So if that's 25, that's like they're getting a million dollars for a piece of property. These people for a piece of property that may be worth 125,000, dollars right? They're getting so much money for it. And then they're getting maintenance fees for it and shit like that. And they're done the rest of their lives. The rest of their lives, you got to pay it. And the debt goes on after you're dead. It goes to your heirs. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah so they have a, there's a companies that get people out of it, right? There's timeshare. You hear about timeshare litigation, all that stuff. But I go, well, how do, how do, you, how do you get people out of it? I mean, I always thought like maybe some company would buy it and say, I'll just buy the, buy the property if I can get all the people to kick in their timeshares and I'll give them the percentage of what their actual property's worth. Yeah, you lost you lost the seventy five thousand you put in there, but here's twenty thousand and oh no, that's not how they do it at all. You don't get anything. You don't get anything when you get out of timeshare. What they do, and this is this particular company, they pay some uh somebody with shitty credit history that isn't ever gonna dream of getting better credit history. They pay them like 500 bucks and they put their name on the paper. They transfer ownership. They transfer ownership. And I go, well, how the fuck does that help? I mean, they, they get 500 bucks. I mean, they're going to have to pay that the next month or, they, or whatever. They're going to pay for like 5,000 the next year. And they go, oh, they don't pay. They just go in arrears and then they foreclose on it. And then the people that, so, uh, the great thing about it is the people that own the fucking timeshare unit, the whole complex, right. they get fucked. Now, the people that um, just get, you know, sign off and get the 500 bucks and go buy their Oxycontin or shit like that or whatever, crystal meth, because um, they have shitty, I mean, they'll, they'll prove virtually anybody for a timeshare. That's where it turns out. You have this shitty thing. They'll just go, I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, like I got shitty credit and stuff like that. But what happened is, is right at the time they're ready to get clean and stuff like that. And they're going to say, you got this fucking timeshare coming at you like three, four years later. And you go, oh man, it was just clean. I just, I guess I'll go and buy a little more crystal meth. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It's just like a fucking circle of bullshit that people do trying to fuck people over. Fucking people over. That's what humans do sometimes. Not everyone. Obviously not everyone. But the ones that do it, do it on such a grand scale. The three or two, let's say 2% of the people. Or maybe even 1%. They try to fuck over as many people as they can possible. So because they got to they got to go and touch upon everyone so they can get a couple live ones right. so they can get them and so they can make their profit. So it's like less profit. than 1 in 100. Less than 1 in 100. I I I would venture that. I would venture that that people have the no scruples and say, "Well, this is how I'm going to make money." 
Just like in fucking people that are uh, bill collectors. So you go, hey, listen, you come, you collect this stuff, you're going to get to pay. This is a great way to make money. I'm telling you, it's a great way to make money. I had a discussion with someone um, about the, you saw the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, right? Leonardo DiCaprio? Yep. Uh, there was an Penny article sucks. written, uh, this daughter, when he, uh, he was kind of lionized in it. It made him look pretty good. Like he was a guy that was seduced by high income and wealth and all this stuff and did this thing. It kind of made him look, they kind of made him look somewhat sympathetic. His daughter wrote a, a, a really big story and she says when he got out of jail after doing all that shit, he used her identity and fucked over her credit history. And she became responsible for it. And she's trying to explain, please don't lionize my father. He's a total dick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the guys I'm talking to, I'm telling him how to go like this. Well, I kind of admire what... Fuck you. Do you have... You have kids. You're right. Okay, so that that makes me think of two things. First of all, I was talking about weird real estate, right? Like, my house is on the market. Yes. Right now. I'm currently listed. Yes. And then you read all of these uh, hints and pointers. Right, of course, when a real estate agent wants to show your property, you're yeah. not supposed to be here, right? Because of course they're they're afraid that you're going to say something that will ruin your sale, right? Watch out! Put a big fucking rats outside, right? Like oh, oh, or or, or, or the my house. horrible neighbor neighbors, right? Yeah. Like um, oh, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to move six blocks away? Why do you want to move a mile and a half Well, there's away? cannibals right over you here. Know, well, you know, well, I, I mean, mean, who? Yeah, because that's what I'm. The Satanists? You mean the Satanists across the street? I'm not, they're really nice. It, I'm not going to say anything that's going to f up my own sale. Yeah, you know, first. Well, of all, you're I'm a salesperson. St- you're financier. You're right. smart. I'm, I'm not you're smarter stupid. than the average bear. Maybe. I mean, the uh, average real estate agent. But here's the thing: you read all of the disclaimers. You read all of the stuff. I mean, do you realize that when they have open houses in your property, that they actually warn you to hide all of your valuables, to put them in a safe? Take your guns, take your jewelry, take everything. Well, you shouldn't you have. have guns out if you have an open house. Well, no, but I mean, like, to not leave them even in a drawer. You shouldn't. Because what happens is, is that they will have, like, say, an open house, and there will be seven or eight people that come in, and one of them or two of them will f- pretend like they're a broker or pretend like they're a real estate That's exactly agent, what I would do. And they bring their freaking people in here, and they distract your agent, who is the only one here. And they go through your drawers and they go through your jewelry box and they go through all your stuff and they steal everything you have. Now, mind you, I sold my very, I, when I bought my very first house, I was Wait, you're assuming, wait, what do you assume? Are you assuming most people are reliable and fair and trustworthy? I am assuming that. That is ridiculous. Because you know what? I would like If you invite strangers into your house. But here's the thing. When I sold my very first house, I bought my first house when I was 18 years old, and I sold it when I was like 22 and moved to a bigger yeah. house. I, um, of course, followed every single rule because my real estate agent told me to. And I had this thing about folding every single piece of my uh, delicates. Right? Your underwear. Absolutely. So I would fold my bras, my underwear, and the matching sets, and they would be right next to each other in my drawer. Oh, really? And this was when I was very, very, very anal. My children, thank goodness, helped me get over that because 
I was very organized. You know, Abby's very clean herself, but that is the one thing she just tosses in the drawer. I don't. I still don't. I still hold them off. Her little floss type I, underwear. Yes. I swear to God, I, I'm looking. I go, what the hell is this when we first started living I together? I still fold them, but I used to be at a point in my life, earlier in my life, where even um, all of my hangers, everything on the hangers have to be in the same direction. And I Oh, the opening and the hanger be in one direction? Them, yeah, the hanger has to be in one direction. And the shirt open to towards the hanger. Yes. And in order of size and color. Okay. <laughs> because Joan. that's just how it was. Okay, Joan Crawford. Right. I know. A little bit. But weird. No wire hangers. No wire hangers. Yes. Dearest. Anyway, um, I had shown my house, or the real estate agent, when I was selling my first house, had shown my house. And when I came back from after the show, because they ask you to leave for like yeah. two or three hours. And I had three little kids. So it was very difficult for me to leave my house for mm. two, three hours and find something to do. Wow. So I would just leave and take the boys with me. And then I would come home and I went into, I was doing laundry. When I got home and I went into my underwear drawer and all of my bras and underwear were misplaced and unwound. Like I folded them perfectly cup into cup and, you know, my little tiny panties folded perfectly with the little strings sticking out the side. You know, like I knew where my stuff was mm-hmm. and I told the real estate agent, I was like, you know, this who the heck were these people that came to see my house? Because this pervert went through my panty drawer. You know what? This yeah, guy yeah. went through my panty drawer. I know. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, you, 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 you may be correct. Can I explain another possibility? Uh-huh. They were looking for money. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, no. I need to go like this. I mean, it could have been a pervert because I don't think... I. The one thing I don't believe, I don't think... A, uh, well, maybe they do. Perverts do a quick grab. I think it's a quick grab is for money. Now, mind it's you, money. This is also in 1999 in Minneapolis. Okay, not even outside of Minneapolis. I never lived. But who the fuck would leave money in their drawer if they're right. going to have people in their house? So, so it must have been a pervert. Because been a pervert. yeah. So I get a notice from her like ten days later that these this particular couple. It was a couple wanted to have a second showing. Well, second showings are amazing because that means you're probably going to yeah. get an offer, right? And I told her, I said, I am not comfortable with this guy in my house and I want to stay home. She said, no, that's not how this works. You don't stay here because we're afraid that you're going to say something. We're going to, we're afraid that you're going to be like, oh yeah, well that window actually rotted and fell out. Oh, wait, wait, it, right? you can't, uh, you can't masturbate when you're looking through my underwear drawer. So you know what I did? What? Put a camera uh, in there? Uh, no, I left a note. It was before you had cameras. Oh, you put it, it on there? I left a note on a piece of paper. I ripped it out of a notebook, and I wrote, stay the fuck out of my panty drawer, you sick fuck. Right? And I wrote that down. And I, mind you, this is 99, so I'm like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. I left that note in there on the very top of my panty drawer. And when I came back home from the second showing, that note was crumpled up and thrown on the floor. And of course, they never put in an offer on my house because I caught that dirty motherfucker going through my panty drawer. Why did so, he crumble it up? He, he was mad because I caught him. He was mad, right? So Why would you stop and read the I note? I took a picture of it and I sent it to my, my real estate agent. Oh, I mean, you, if you opened my drawer, you'd have yeah. seen it. It was a full 8 by 11 piece of paper, 8 by 10 piece of mm-hmm. paper. So I told her, I said, I, I will never let you show my house again without me being here. What she said? 
So she, and she agreed with me and she said, okay, that's absolutely fine. From now on, I will never show the house without you being her. And like three days later, I sold it. So it was no big deal. But now that my house is on the market again, and I'm in a much different part of the country than I used to be, I'm like going through all of my stuff and I'm taking like all of my jewelry, all of my stuff and putting it in the safe. The safe is hidden. Nobody can get in it but me. Like it's really, really like weird. To, uh, you know, like have strangers walk through your house because yeah. you still live here. You know? Oh, oh, you know, funny you said that. I'm, I'm, I'm mowing my lawn with my fucking 18th century technology uh, lawnmower. Oh, really? It's like with the, does it have the wheels and the, yeah. the thing with the spin yeah, the yeah. blades? Yeah. Okay. I've, well, that's my workout. I, I went to the, I mean, I, I did, a, I worked out two hours today. I'm, you're looking kind of buff. I'm I looking buff. Yeah, I'm. Um, I've been. Uh, I lost some weight because my daughter's been vegetarian and stuff like that. Right. So, but this could lend itself to your story. Um, I I come home. I get shit done today. I went did. I went to the store. I went to the shopping. I let Roxy out. She did her business and stuff. And he said, "You know what? I'm gonna take. I could have went. I could have gone for a couple hours sleep." I said, "You know what? I'm gonna cut the lawn." And you know what? I I could very easily buy an electric powered lawnmower. We don't have that big a lawn. But it's such a freaking chore to use this one. But I like doing it because it's exercise. Yeah. I'm doing this exercise. And I'm tired. I'm sweaty. I'm getting acclimated to the heat. I got to sit down a couple times. I was going to say, you're not even sweaty right now. Oh, no. See, I work in the AC. And, and you know what happens to people that work in AC all the time, right? They can't fucking handle the heat. So I go out and work in the heat. Acclimates me to heat. I drink plenty of water. I drink a shitload of water and stuff. So I told you I checked out the catch and I'm out there. I'm in the shade. It's 90 degrees. It's breezy and I'm sweating a little. The sweat running down my leg, but I'm not soaked. I was in this one. Yeah. And I go and, and, uh, one of my coworkers, Katie, comes up and says, uh, I love Katie. Yeah. I'm doing a sound check. I'm sitting there and she says, What are you doing? And godly, it's hellhole. And I go, it's not a hell. It's beautiful. It's a little warm. I'm sweating a bit. I'm sweating a bit. Right. And I think we, we talk about these things. And I'll get back to the other thing again. We talk about these things. We get we forget about it. But I get acclimated to it and all that stuff. I'm cutting my lawn. I'm doing a thing. I do the trimmer, which is electric one. I know that's not necessarily clean heat all the time. I mean, clean uh, fuel all the time, but it's not gas powered. I don't want to contribute to it. I'm trying. It's my thing. This is what I do. Don't hate on me for it. So I go and work out. I get a great workout. And I'm, I'm ready. Um, actually, right in the beginning, I'm stringing up my uh, trimmer. And this guy stops at my neighbor's house. My neighbor has these, um, I think it's called an Enduro Racer because it has this beautiful uh, Camaro. Beautiful. It's not like pristine, but it looks like it's a racer. And it's on a trailer. And this guy stops his car. He gets out real quick, goes into the thing, and I recognize the guy. And I remember him as being a really nice guy. I mean, I kind of trust him. And he goes into the yard. He looks under the the uh, he looks under the canvas where the car is under on the trailer. And then he picks up something. Then he walks in the back, and I'm just looking. And he doesn't notice me because I'm being quiet. I don't have a I mean, I don't have a power mower going or anything right. like that. I'm just sitting there watching him, going, "Well, I'm already what." What thing do you know about me? I don't take any shit. No. 
And know. then when there's something going wrong, I'm fucking right in it. Yep. I'm right fucking right in it. Right, no, I'm right right like right this. In. If I seen a guy kicking open a door or something like that, I'd be like fucking right over there dragging the guy out of there. Yep. Um, and, but I'm watching the guy and I go, yeah, but this is not the guy that does it. And he goes in the back and I see him going to the back and I go, I can't believe this guy doing it. But I'm going to just keep it. I'm going to keep my mouth thinking. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm standing there. He comes out. He looks at me. I wait to me. Hey, how you doing? He looks at me. How you doing? He gets in his car. Then he backs up across the street into my driveway. And, and he rolls down the window. And he goes and says, you know, I'm part owner of this vehicle. I'm just making sure the guys are we're getting ready for a race. I'm just making sure they're doing some work. I go, yeah. Okay. And then I, you know what I thought of? The Grinch. When Cindy Lou Who caught him, he goes, well, I'm just checking these lights out because there's one bulb out, so I'm going to take everything back and do that. And I said, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot. And then I realized in the end, I'm overreacting. I didn't do any of that. I said, hey, take care. Have a good day. I realized he didn't take it. He took some plastic tubing. And so Abby came home and I said, hey, yeah, there's one guy. I want to go over and talk to this guy to make sure it's him. She goes, oh, do you have gray hair? He's in her yard all the time. He, they know him. Uh-huh. And they go, oh, God, thank God. Yeah. But I wanted to know. I wanted him to know. I said, listen, you know, I'm keeping an eye on you. Keep a fucking right. eye on your house. Yeah. You know? Hey, when the neighbors over here had, like, friends that they let stay, mm-hmm. and they showed up here, and it was loud, and there was crazy people that we were not used to, Tyler, my husband, obviously, he texted her right away. He was like, who are these people? And are there fucking blow-up dolls and dildos and, and all that no, stuff? No, they were just like a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Like small children, which there's not a whole lot. Fucking typically. small children? Too Scumbags. Much. Okay, let's take a little break right now. All right. I gotta take time. a pee break. I gotta urinate. Yeah, me too. Oh, you too? Whether you're one of our regular visitors to the Florida Keys or you can't wait to visit for the first time, you'll want to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the Florida Keys to learn all the secrets, tips, and the stuff we don't talk about to anyone but each other. Visit 43keys.com. Sign up for our newsletter and never miss any of the exciting things we have planned for you. That's 43keys, the number four, the number three, keys.com. Hey, we're back with boner tools. Yes, I went. Uh, we had a um, <laughs> Jenna and Tyler remodeling their house in lieu of its sale. Well, yes. I mean, we just had one room left to do, so we went a little overboard and made sure it was perfect. But yeah, I wouldn't leave it the way those, it is. Most of those boner tools are actually my tools. It's beautiful. Um, he, uh, he bought them for me for Father's yeah. Day. But they have this beautiful, they got the, pe- so far they got for the the nicest tiki hut I've seen, uh, well, connected to a house. It's not actually connected. It just sits up against it. You can't connect it legally. Okay. What I'm saying, well, it looks, it, it looks like it's, inc- it appears, it appears as if it's incorporated. It has a dormer for anybody that's uh, construction savvy. A dormer? a dormer? That's what that is right there. The peak that goes over the walkway, that's called a dormer. Okay. So therefore, if you, uh, yeah. if you ever uh, walk outside while it's raining, you don't have to get wet until yeah. you get under the tiki. You're completely covered. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm yeah. telling you. This is probably right on the canal. Oh, we, oh man. Yeah, we, we, are. we are. I know. This is... I mean, there's bars that... There's a bunch of um, hotels here in the Keys that don't have a... 
a nice uh, nice tikka nice tikka bar for this. <laughs> I'm just looking around at it. Wow. Yep. So, well, we were talking about boner tools. We were talking about boner tools. I walked tools. in there. And like we we took a break. We took our break. We took our break. It was, you know, 20 minutes in after we were talking about. My uh, favorite one, well, though, is right there. See that one? That's a, that's a compound miter slider saw. Which is doubles as a table saw and everything. No, right? it's not. I have my table saws in the shed. Table saws? Table saws if you want to do a rip cut. This is that is a compound slider miter. Wow! So basically, if you wanted to put like a forty-five, a thirty-three, any of the angles on any piece of wood, that you couldn't do a rip cut with it. You could not do a rip cut with that. No, not unless it. Well, you could if it was less than twelve inches. Long. Oh, okay. But you twelve inches is a lot. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't do that though. Mm-hmm. You'd be more accurate if you held it up against the fence yeah. of a yep. of a table saw. But I like well, I like to work with wood. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. Some major tools going on so, here. Yeah, we have lots of tools. <laughs> but we're both very handy people, thank goodness. In fact, we um, renovated this entire house ourselves. The only thing that we paid for outsourced was uh, the sticky that you're sitting yeah. under. But none of the accoutrements. I've done a limited share of renovation, drywall, carpentry, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Not super skilled, but handy. Yes. Handy, somewhat handy. Well, you know what, though? You're a big guy, and you have, like, strong arms and strong hands. So that automatically makes you handy. Mm-hmm. Because all you have to do is listen to somebody that's little, tiny like me. Yeah. Say, this is what you need to pick up, put down, nail it here, nail it there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Oh, but my I'm, I'm a math nerd, so I'm good with the angles and the... Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, that, that this... These, uh, these things here, they're pretty cool over here. I see you had your shutters. You had your shutters ready here. Yes. Well, some of them are up, and my husband is about to go out of town. So uh-huh. he left up the ones that are difficult Yeah. because I'm 4'11". Right so now. wait, what? those so aren't difficult right there? Those are the lesser of the difficult ones. He put the ones up that are real, real yeah. high. That's hard yeah. for me to actually, because when you put up the storm shutters, you have to put them in a track on the top and the bottom, and then you have to... Screw in the nuts at the bottom to hold them up. You gotta careful your nuts. So if you have real high nuts mm-hmm. and you're a little like me and you can't reach high nuts, then you have to take a ladder to every window. So he put up all the high ones. Okay. In in um you know preparation for Dorian that was supposed to whack us, but it didn't. Yep. So um but seeing that he's going out of town and we have some activity out in you know. The Atlantic right now, he's going to leave up the ones that are too difficult. Yeah, me, so. we're just hoping once again that we get bypassed, just like the, uh, just like I guess it's similar to the Hebrews in Egypt when he, <laughs> you know what I'm uh, alluding to? I think so. Okay. Continue, continue. Okay, when the angel of death is coming over Egypt to take Passover. the firstborn Passover. son. Yes. And that, that, there we go, door shut. That, that was when, uh, we hoped that it would just pass over us, you know? Yes. Wow. Uh, actually, this is, I think it's lovely when it's breezy here. In I Atlanta. think it is too. It's, okay. it's sultry, the, the temperatures, uh, uh, I guess it's Although going in the out mid the bay, to low 80s. Oh, but see, you don't boat, you don't fish. Yeah. But I boat, I fish, my boat's yeah. right there. But the um, going out on the bay right now would not be very comfortable. 
Yeah, it's very rough. It's very rough oh, really? right now. Yeah, especially with the amount of winds that we have right now. Very gusty. Well, we're yeah. we're almost on the water here. We're right next. Well, to the we canal. are on the water, but we're and, in the canal, uh, we're, and we're near. Uh, actually, near it's uh, tides coming up. You know, if one you of our local resorts. Seen that last week. The, uh, the tide levels actually came up over that neighbor's dock directly across from us. It was up over their dock. Over over their dock. How yes, far? Yeah, the water, um, maybe an inch. On that lower? Yeah, on the lower portion of the dock, yeah. Yep, because what we would call that here is a seawall. And we have a lower seawall and an upper seawall. Yep. But it was over their lower. It didn't go over ours, but it went over theirs. That it, if you come in, you know, let's do a little history. thing. Adam's cut was, I think it was... In the 70s or 60s? It was. Well, it was a very, very 51. long project. And they did half and half and met up in the middle. Really? Yeah. Oh, because of cutting through the limestone? They had to, yeah, they had oh, yeah? to cut through. They're, they're right near uh, US-1, you'll see um, on the north side, is there someone have a building? They build in a little room into the seawall there, into the coral? A room? It looks like there's a wall there and stuff like that. Well, there are. Yeah, yeah. Built into the side? The, yeah. Oh, really? They cut it all out they and stuff like that? They cut it out. There's a lot of properties through Adam's Cut, which is actually, we. it's actually called, um, oh, God, Adam's Waterway, but we call it the cut. How would they? Yeah, Marvin V. Adam's Waterway. Yeah, how would they, how would they seal cut. that up? Because that's kind of porous. They actually um, sealed it off from... One side to the other, like a dam. So they no. I'm talking about that in that room. I know how they do that. Oh, oh they did that with the uh, Panama Canal. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Yeah, yeah, thing. but, but um, a much smaller project. Yeah, really. much smaller. Project. That took a, about the same amount of time. <laughs> but you know, you have to cut through, like you know, uh, well, nowadays the, coral. I know, now oh, nowadays wow. it would it would take uh, eight months, possibly. Yeah, well, I mean, using what the kind of tools they have yeah, now they to have be able boner, to break out. They have make, boner tools. Boner tools, yeah, to they break them up. Really big boner tools. I know. Do you, go, do you be able to break it all up, right. blast it? Oh, and my, Tether is talking about the... Yeah. What? So Marvin... Tyler is talking about um, owning the 10 properties that actually, um, sorry, oh, 10 acres, the 10 acres that um, lead up to the edge of Adams Waterway, Adams Cut, and that he spent his own money, Marvin Adams spent his own money to actually make that cut. Oh, you're you're about to cut something right now. Yeah. Okay, we're going to, hey, listen, let's hear it. Let's hear it. We got one of the bonus. Don't cut your hand. (laughs) Jesus Christ, you put your fingers close to that. Yeah, that's it. Holy shit. That was it. There you go, kind of exciting. Yeah. But see, <laughs> oh man, look at that! I have to show you how that works someday. Oh well, I, I've been in a. I mean, I imagine. I think I'd be able to. Uh, I would take a great amount of time to figure it out how to lock it. Yep, man, I can make some steps. A shed. A, a, a go kart. You could do um, staircases. Staircases. You could make a 
shed. You could put up uh, the privacy wall. Like, a nice treehouse. You could make a treehouse. I still, as a kid, uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I understand how there's a TV, fucking TV show out there for people with treehouses and stuff like that. That guy is cool. I know. He's there really was a, you know, there, I, I lived on Marlin Avenue in, um, in Key Largo, and next to me, there was a beautiful treehouse that was abandoned. Oh. It was a beautiful tree house. It was big. It was about 12 feet off the ground. That's so cool. It had, it was at least, it looked to be about 80, 80 square feet. That's big though. 80 square feet, yeah. It looked like you could, you sleep in there and stuff like that. And someone said, holy shit. And it was on a property that they, it must have been the whole property was owned by, the one, and then they split it off and sold it, and then um, this is what happened in in the Keys because uh, more people, you know, they parceled out. Did all you the see the from. video of the guy that built an indoor treehouse for his kids? No, it was really cool. It's on Facebook somewhere. I watched the whole thing. Is it a real tree? It's all made from real trees. And he basically made this cool. Like he took his entire guest room, or like maybe third bedroom, yeah, and made. An entire treehouse room out of that whole third bedroom, like a playroom for his little but, kids. But part, of, it, like, part of the treehouse is being able to look outside your treehouse. Well, but in the climates where you can only be outside playing for maybe five months out of the year, it was a way for his kids to enjoy the treehouse all year long. Okay. It was really cool. The guy did okay. Well, we were job. talking about earlier, we were talking about real estate and all that stuff. And we talk about another one about corporate malfeasance. Um, the dive boat accident in California. Just no, no, negative stuff like that. And with the motherfuckers, as soon there was a obscure shipping law from the eighteen hundreds. Yes, that if you file suit before them, before the first people claim it, that you can disclaim any uh, responsibility for paying for wrongful death. Not necessarily. What it was is that it said that. Um, this old 18, I believe it was like 1865 maritime law, something like that. Um, don't quote me on the exact year, but it basically said that the owner of the ship, because most of the time back then the owners yeah. of the ships were not the captains of the ship. Yes. Right? So therefore, in this case, exactly, the, the owners were not captaining this ship. No. So what they were saying is that if you file suit before anyone else files suit, you can claim that your liability limit should be equal to the value of the vessel. Yes. Which, therefore, the vessel value is at absolute zero because it's at the bottom of the ocean in 50 feet of water mm-hmm. and completely burned and gone. But the 34 But the lives, only thing that would make it valid if there was any procedures not followed that were part of right. the, their procedures as a but crew. the vessel had been inspected and no, passed. No, it was inspected. That doesn't mean that, that, doesn't mean that they had a... Uh, procedure, well, right? Right, but it had been inspected and passed. So as any other attorney, and I read the article about that as well, but every single maritime attorney would have recommended the owners do the exact same thing as what they did and file it in that said to limit liability due to the value of the vessel. And it's commonplace. That doesn't mean they're not going to get sued for loss of life for every single person that was on board that boat. It just means that it was normal procedure for an attorney to have them file that claim. I, I know. I realize that. I'm thinking as a person, as a normal person, you know, I would be ready to get out of the business 
after that happened. If I'm the operator of the conception, I think it was called. Yes, conception. The conception that 34 people died, burned to death, that at this point, I'm done running dive boats. It's it. I'm out of it. I'm done. And I'm sorry. If you had to, I mean, how would you sell that? At that point, how would you sleep at night? Not that you're, not that you're responsible, but, but you created a business. Conception became one of your boats. It took a trip out. And on that trip, 34 people died for some part of it. Whether you needed to, whether you're liable, no, maybe not, but you're going to feel somewhat responsible because you created that. Imagine if I created a roller coaster, the person, the architect of the roller coaster, I think it was in, I don't know if it was in uh, Jackson, New Jersey, but one of the six flag sites, there was a person that lost a hat. During a ride on a roller coaster, and they went and they snuck into the uh, roller coaster after they gotten off to retrieve their hat. And someone, when they when the roller coaster came around, part I guess I think uh, someone else's body part, their foot, maybe come in contact with their head, and they got decapitated. That's responsibility. I'll tell you, I gotta tell you some of these things. I have friends going, friends that are going, uh, t- this morning. They, this morning, they went to Reno, Nevada for air races. You know about air races? Yes. And they're over an eight, eight mile course. And they said three years ago, a P51, it's a Mustang, a vintage plane, the, 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 the main fighter of the United States Army Air Corps during World War II. Yes. In the European theater, and uh, they uh, were there was a exhibition of this guy. He was in his seventies. He's flying it, and during one of his maneuvers, one of his controllers broke. On I, I think it's aileron, it's called or something like that. Yeah. That controls the spin. aileron controls your spin. Well, this one controlled their pitch. Of the plane where it's coming in direction. And instead of going down, it went into a steep climb. And during, because of the uh, gravity, uh, the centrifugal force, he passed out. And it went up. And then when he started coming down, it started coming straight down. And a buddy of mine, Doug, and his wife, Debbie. Doug was a pilot. Debbie was a flight attendant one time. And he was up in the stands, and they had a a premium uh, seat area near the f- front. I don't know how that works with uh, flying, but they said that plane was coming straight for him. And they were with another pilot and his wife, who used to be a flight attendant, and he threw his body on top of him. And that plane came down, and it came down so fast at 500 miles an hour. At a certain point, it moved a little because of the vagaries of the wind, and it hit about 100 feet away from the grandstands. It still killed 10 people, in the, in, including the pilot. Uh, and uh, one of the friends, uh, one of the people they knew, saw a head, well, a decapitated head roll in front of them. 
after her hat because all the parts that were flying around from this P-51. At that point, I thought, hmm, I'd be pretty much done with the air races. They're going, they are, right now, what time is it now? It's uh, three hours earlier there. It's about 5.43. Uh, I don't, the air races don't start today. They're over there in, and they're watching it. That's a passion. Yeah. After that, something like that happened so close to them. Uh, Doug thought he lost his wife. Doug, Doug thought, I think, Doug, what, the way he explained to me, he thought he lost his wife. And they, they're still going back. I think they're, I guess they're grounded and, and worldly enough to realize that shit doesn't happen twice. No, it doesn't. And, and I was just going to say passion has one thing to do with it. But, um, you know... The other reason, and I'm and I'm not trying to be to be different. able to get by that, I'm to be not, able to get that, like if a stingray, like what happened to what's his name, the alligator guy, the yeah, Australian guy, yeah, yeah, where he got pierced in the heart by, yeah, that's Steve, yeah, yeah, like Steve yeah, Steve, you know, if you were with him, pretty sure you're not. That's not going to happen to you. Yeah, well, most likely not. If no, no, I know it happened to him. It's right. not going to happen to you. Well, here's the other thing, right? So. And I'm, by no way am I defending the people that own the yeah. conception and whatever else. But here's the thing: you have insurance. Like to hear a good you argument. have insurance for a reason. The insurance company is liable, not those people. The insurance company is the people that sent the inspectors out to make sure that that vessel was valid, and they claimed that that vessel was valid. So if the if if there's a liability to be paid, it's not a personal liability on those people that own that boat. It's a liability that should be paid by the insurance company. And so what they did was right. They don't need to bankrupt themselves and ruin. Oh, the I hundred percent. I hundred percent. I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. It kind of sucks. It's it does suck that you have to go and do. That. That, right, but do you have insurance? But you That's have why you to have do to that have. in order to keep your insurance company to hold their maximum level of liability because that's what you paid for. Oh no, I hundred percent, I hundred percent. It's the same but, difference but, as if I mean, you had a car accident. If you had a car, accident, I know, I understand. And even if but, it was but, your fault, Jenna, Jenna, what I'm saying is, you got to convince everyone else where you and I see it. After I, you explain this stuff, after you and I, of course you and I can see it. It's a complex situation, but, but you know, some people can't handle complex have to explain it to anyone because that's what you, insurance you, is for. Jenna. That's what insurance Jenna, is Jenna. No. You can't explain. How do you explain to people when they go to a buffet, it's all you can eat. It's not all you and the person that didn't order the all can eat can eat. Yeah, you can't. They don't understand. to bring it home. Yeah. <laughs> you try to explain it to them. The other thing is this. They're the same people. Are they the same people? Have you Are ever, they fucking same people? Have you ever been in a How car accident? Yes. But you kept driving. No. Absolutely. You kept driving. You still drive. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I thought you meant I was in an accident if you were and driving. I drove, I, I left, remember? No. I'm not, no, no, oh, no, you no. mean I was yeah, one no, of those no. hit and I, run. You have been in a car accident yeah. before. Does that gonna, is that gonna, well, I was in it. Wait driving. a second. Wait a second. What I talked about was the catastrophic thing. Okay. If so. I was wanting, if there, it's called PTSD, uh-huh. if you're in one, let's say you're in a helicopter okay. and you come out and the helicopter comes in and the rotor drips down and the person gets out of the plane. And the rotor dips down and decapitates someone. I'm pretty sure you're going to have a different view of getting on a helicopter the next time. Well, you know what? I will tell you that Channel Marker 65, just outside of Hammer Point, yeah. took out seven of my ribs, put my pelvis out of place, and all, all of my front teeth. Yeah. 
I could barely move for weeks. Yeah. It does not prevent me from getting on that boat. In fact, I went past Channel Marker 65 mm-hmm. on Sunday, and I Snapchatted it, and I flicked it off the whole time. Oh, no, listen, you I'm got, just... If it's your passion, you've got to keep doing it. Okay. No, okay. You know? Oh well, I, I'm, I'm just hey, listen. I'm just making an observation, Jenna. You, it, it, is it a possibility that people are affected by it? Uh, yes. Is it a possibility they keep on doing it? Yes. Um, some people change. I'm. I'm. Uh, haven't been. I'm not someone to judge whether okay. someone stops doing something. People- like if someone sees an escalator accident. Does that mean you're never going to get on an escalator again? Well, if there's an option, I might get on the elevator and we well, take the steps. Maybe. But you know what? Um, that whole uh, how about a, how about if you survived nine eleven? Hey, let's go all the way to the top there. Yeah, I'm not fucking going up there again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, there's certain but things. Why? What are the chances that way? No, but you don't have to again. do it if it's not a passion of yours and not a thing you have to do. I mean, just the thing. If you got to fly, if an accident, this is the reason why. Uh, I talk, I spoke about a book called Freakonomics before. It's about the possibilities of like well, how people worry about shark attacks, plane crashes, uh, home invasions, and things like that. It's a very low prob- probability. And you shouldn't worry about these things that aren't going to happen to you. Right, but like what you were getting to was, you know, like the people that were on the Corinthian was the conception. Those, sorry, yes. The conception. Corinthian, sorry, Corinthian, Corinthian leather Corinthian, was sorry, I'm cor- on. Uh, Corinthian. Corinthian leather was the interior in. Oh God, <laughs> I remember it. No. Uh, Ricardo Montalban. I'm trying to make it kind of fun. It was filled with oh, Corinthian oh. leather. Cro- Ricardo Montalban was from uh, Fantasy oh, the Island. Plane, the plane. Fantasy, yeah, Fantasy Island. But no, there was a car. I'm not trying to change that. I'm sorry. But no, I was conflating that you had to go and file it. The imagery of it is not good for you. Look, you saying it, you have to do it. Because that makes sense. And you know what? A lot of reports explain it that way. A lot of actually, actually, the reports explain it that way. The reports explain that way. But it's still a sad state of affairs. Absolutely sad. That you have to go and say it and go and say, um, in a logical world and where logic rules. You have insurance, your car hits an oil slick, it goes out of control, it takes out a bus stop full of kids. The insurance takes care of everything. Right. Um, and you don't say, hey, listen, you know, the tr- there was a truck coming down there, the truck lost oil and stuff like that. And even if you're able to find it, whatever, something, the insurance takes care of it and stuff like that. And you have to, but you have to, you have to, someone's, and in the U.S. system, we have to point the liability. You're always going to point. You're always. There's always liability. You're pointing we a finger. We are all guilt filled. You know that's how it works. It's just the way but it is. The difference is that a lot of you haven't heard. You haven't heard anything about the families of those people getting upset and, and screaming whose fault, whose fault. We're not. Fault. We're not out yet because they didn't start. No, you know what? They just got. Some of the people just got informed. There was a mother in Singapore or Japan that just found out yesterday. Right, but those people were out there doing something recreational and they're doing something that they loved and it was an unfortunate accident and it's horrible. It's horrible. It was horrible death. They burned Absolutely. death. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine a worse way to go? No. No, well, right, right now, hey, right now there's a cr- criminal investigation to see if there's you know, some procedure that was fine. That's, that's standard. They have to. Yeah. It's a U.S. Coast Guard 
certified captain. Just my. my I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do. And I told you so because we don't know what happened. If there was someone cooking, uh, making uh, chicken, and it walked away, and of the fire started in a galley. That's what he said. The fire started in a galley, and they thought it was some kind of um, electrical thing. Maybe but with if some. The fire started in the galley. The galley is below deck. None of the survivors, the crew people, were not down in the galley. Well, one of the crew members could have been down there in the galley. There was really... one crew member that was below deck. One. Oh, you right? were going to find out with the investigation, right. well, I guess. that's because there was only one that passed. Yeah. There was only one that was down there. It was there. a girl. It was one of the girlfriends <clears throat> of one of the no, other crew no, members. No, it was the guy. It was the guy. The guy said his girlfriend was down there. One of the guys. Well, it might have been crew... a girlfriend, but it wasn't a crew member. Mm. But the people that escaped were all a crew and, and, and the captain. There was no actual patrons that survived. Yeah. They all passed. It's going to be like the, uh, that, uh, what, what was that Italian oh. one? Oh, the uh, Con- Concordia. Costa, Concordia. Costa Concordia. Costa Concordia. But that guy went to prison because he, they had everything like documented that they warned him. The, even the people on shore. Oh, he was like, going in to see his girlfriend close. or something like that? You're getting to know he was trying to wave, get it close enough to wave at, at people that were on shore that knew him. I'm not kidding. I mean, it was awful. And he was sent to prison for his neglect because he was even told to reroute, reroute. You're getting too close to the shallows. And he didn't. He didn't listen to him. And the Costa Concordia went down and all those people died. And he escaped. Now, mind you, there's that old adage, the captain always goes down with the ship. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. What well, the, you don't have to go down with the ship. Obviously, you don't have to go the down the ship if you survive, if you got if everyone you else again. If you can prevent anyone else's death, you need to do that. You got to stay, yeah. Before you leave. Yeah. But he just bailed. Oh, my God. I don't, so, know, I don't know how you say, I see it. Um, what these guys are saying now is that they're just like looking at the captain of this other, of, of the conception and basically trying to determine whether or not he bailed. Before he had a chance to try to go save anyone, but what they're saying? Oh, I wouldn't second guess any of that stuff. You know, there's right. going to be an investigation. It's got to be an investigation. Let him, I saw. Let him oh, they're they're screwed. You. They're screwed. Mm-hmm. The rest of their lives. I mean, because they got to live with that. They got you were on a, you you were, you were the captain of a boat where everyone died, and you were the captain. You're never. And whether whether you did anything at all that could have prevented it. That's going to be in your head. You're done. Right. You're, you're done. done. You're done. And then there's no way that he's going to be doing that. Again. Oh, um, I'm sure not. But the people that own the boat, right, or the people that filed the suit, they Fuck. own multiple, multiple. I know, I know. I'm is- just suggesting and as a business model that joy could be done. It really could be. I'm it's sure over. They are I mean, they, I mean, they don't. I'm not suggesting they should be ruined. Not like that Purdue Pharma family. That did the, what knew about the opioid crisis. That's sure. a different liability. I'm I think they're pre- already ruined because of this. Oh yeah, they're ruined. Like let them let them protect a little bit of what they have. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Now. I'm not suggesting that. So uh, you know what? I apologize. I apologize for coming in, but just the imagery of having to do that because of our legal system is horrible. Exactly, and it's that's horrible. what it is. It's not. Them. It's horrible. It's what they have to yeah. do. Uh, but the then again, you got to remember this. We we always had this. I, we had this argument about the coffee thing with that old lady with the hot coffee. The old lady with the hot coffee that said she didn't know it was hot. Oh wait a second! Wait a second! You got to get you got to study that a little longer. You got to study. Is that the McDonald's stu- coffee? One? No, yeah. There's a there was a documentary made about it. Okay. And they had it in the procedures that the coffee had to be much hotter 
that it was in their manual. You got to listen to this. Okay. And, the, and you got to listen to the documentary sometimes. I don't know enough the big pre judgment. The lady did not say, they, they, the only reason they did it was to correct a procedural malfeasance of the corporation. She got a severe, she got us. You never see the burn. Never everyone, anyone shows the burn the lady got. And they weren't driving. They were parked off to the side when she was getting it, trying to put the lid on. Okay, you gotta see the you gotta see the documentary. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. All it's I know amazing. Is that it's was... amazing. It's amazing that the thing because the the way the corporations could get the public skewed to thinking, well, this is just fucking ridiculous. She worried that the coffee was hot. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was boiling hot. And if you ever fucking tried McDonald's coffee in a, when back in the eighties. When you try to drink it, it was just too hot. It burned your mouth. Yeah, my coffee's hot. I pour my coffee into a. Um, I put my coffee into one of those um, Yeti cups. Yeah, and it's hot, but never enough to burn it. So they, for some reason, their heat plane is much hotter. Was hotter. You couldn't drink their coffee for like ten minutes. Yeah, well, that's part of that. Then that's them on their part being lax on their SOP, which is the standard. That's operating what it was in there. It was in, in their thing, and, right. and, and, they're, they're, and it was just being able to have to put sugar and and thing. It's just a possibility that it, it was a very great possibility. It's not a right thing to do. Right. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible, and she wasn't looking for that. That was something the jury put on to change a corporate policy. Ah, gotcha. To change the corporate, she wasn't suing for damages. Right. She just. She was. They were suing for uh, medical, medical, medical cost right, yeah. and stuff like that. And and then the jury decided that they needed to do this to change the policy, and that's where the second part comes out and stuff. And then when you hear people say, "Well, you got to change the liability," no, right. fuck, well, it's because no, the you people don't. read what they want. No, you, you have to read what. Well, well, you have to, and that's why we have with the opioid uh, crisis right. you know, in the United States. We're at fifty-two minutes. That went by really fast. We started out. What was it called? This is um. But, we, we were winging it. Totally butt, butt fuck. Butt fucked. Butt fuck? Yep. This is called butt fuck. I will not, it may not necessarily. <laughs> but it was, it's it was episode we, 206. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been 2006. You said it now. And, yes. Um, and then the name, the, really? So this is butt fuck. Effed up the butt? Effed up the butt? I don't know. No, How about no, it's Because a lot of the people we talked about here are just royally out. Maybe at maybe at some fault of their own, and maybe none. Royally left. Royally left. Uh, send me send me a text, and so I remember this. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I remember. I'm not saying I'm not messed up. I'm able to do the recording, yeah. so it's good. Okay. Uh, well. Good night, everyone, and thank you for listening to 